freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Hey, everybody, welcome to episode number 238 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are brought to you by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd. And I'm the other guy, Dan Todd. Our theme today for our show is Attorney for Freedom. And our guest is Mark J. Victor. Mark is an Arizona State Bar Certified Specialist in Criminal Law who has been zealously representing clients in serious state and federal criminal law matters well, for well over 20 years. As a longtime freedom activist, Mr. Victor is regularly invited to speak to audiences across Arizona on a variety of issues, including the rights of gun owners, the free market, and a variety of other criminal law-related issues. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks for having me, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Actually, welcome back. And it's been way too long since we've had you on because things there's so many things going on. I, I think that Mark is probably the hardest working attorney I've ever seen. I see him at every gun show. He's over there working hard to, to help people understand gun rights. And I appreciate that, Mark. Yeah, and thanks for saying that. You know, um, when we changed the name from, uh, of the law firm from Mark Victor PC to the Attorneys for Freedom, I expected people to say to me, what makes you guys the Attorneys for Freedom? Nobody said that. I wish they would because we have a, a very good answer for that. We have, uh, I only hire lawyers who are real freedom activists. We've got a pledge. We call it the Live and Let Live Pledge. It's on our website. And uh, if you can't sign that, then uh, you can't work for the Attorneys for Freedom at our law firm. So I've got sort of a wild pack of wolves, lawyers who are very aggressive and very bright, every single one of them freedom activists. So that almost by default makes us gun activists as well. So uh, we believe in trying to promote a free society and a free world because we're interested in peace. We're interested in a world where uh, people can live and let live, right? You can live your life however you like. Don't bother anybody. Sort of hard to argue with that. And um, it just coincidentally, when we're talking about it, we're actually uh, embarking on a huge project starting next year uh, called the Live and Let Live Movement. We're planning to kick it off next year. And we are very enthusiastically and ambitiously uh, kicking off a movement with, with some of our friends from around the world that's going to be the world's only real peace movement and couldn't have a better time, right? What time in history in our lives is a better time to start something new? And I think Live and Let Live is something that appeals to what I would say all reasonable people. Absolutely. And I, it's how I grew up. You know, I was always told, I mean, we had four kids in, in the house, so we really needed to learn that, well, where my rights, where Cheryl's rights end are right where my brother's rights begin, right? So it's like kind of keep your hands to yourself mindset. We were raised that way. And then somehow we've gotten so far off the mark that people now are, are emboldened to just constantly try to assert their beliefs or their values or their thoughts over uh, their neighbor through the, the use of laws. And so to have a, a group of lawyers that are the attorneys with freedom in mind, with a live and let live in mind, that's amazing. Thank you for, for doing that. I'll, I'll be excited to, to bring you on and talk about that when it kicks off. Well, yeah. you know what started that was that 
lady on Bewitched. She's one that got in everybody's noses and started. Mrs. Messing. Kravitz. Yeah, remember Miss Kravitz and Bewitched? Getting in everybody's business. I have to admit, I remember that show. But, you know, it's interesting because what you bring up, I was just happened to be talking about this very topic this weekend with a buddy of mine. And we were talking about that this is really isn't so complicated, right? If you had a good mom growing up, your mom taught you things like keep your hands to yourself and don't grab other people's toys unless you have the per permission of the owner of the, the other kid whose toy it is. I mean, this is the stuff we're talking about. It made sense in kindergarten and it still makes sense today if we could all just sort of agree on that basic idea, right? We call it live and let live. But there's many other ways to say it. Keep your hands to yourself. Don't touch other people's toys without their permission. That gets you pretty far down the road to a free society in a free world. And there's no way you can possibly talk about peace unless you first agree to keep your hands to yourself and keep your hands off of other people's stuff unless you have their permission. It's really not that confusing. And let me say, since I know I'm talking to many of my friends out there in the gun world and the people in the gun world in Arizona, if they don't know our firm, they have not been paying attention for the last 26 years. So let me start by uh, dinging some of my friends in the gun community who are gun people, but not freedom people. Because I get this all the time. I had this question last week. Hey, Mark, uh, what, what can we do about these private businesses that say no guns? This is outrageous and they're violating my Second Amendment rights and this and that. No, they're not. No, they're not. Because you like guns doesn't mean that everybody has to like guns. What we're talking about is if they're not creating a problem, they should be left alone. And if somebody else has a business or has a private property and they, for whatever reason, even crazy reasons, don't like guns, they have every right to say no guns on the property. And if we don't respect that, then we're not respecting freedom. Doesn't mean you have to shop there. It means you can pick it. You can tell all your friends, don't go to this place, they're anti-gun. But we gotta be big enough in the gun community, if we're gonna be freedom people, we got to be big enough to say, you know what, even though we disagree with how that private property owner, private business has this policy of no guns, they got every right to have such a policy, but I'm not shopping there. That's the way in a free society we deal with these kinds of issues. Wow. Amen. Amen. Yes. And amen. That's the <clears throat> thing is nobody's forcing you to go to, you know, fill in the blank business, right? you don't like their policy, go vote with your wallet at their competitor, give them your business. Um, I, I love that. We, we really could spend a lot more time, I think, as a community, really unpacking that and, and wrestling inside with, yeah, but, because, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there listening, they're like, well, yeah, but, and it's like, mm, is, do you believe in freedom or you don't, right? Hey, I mean, the question is, are you for freedom or are you for simply imposing whatever you like on everybody else, right? I mean, if that's our position in the gun community, what right do we have to complain about the anti-gun community who wants to impose their position on us? I mean, we need to step back and we need to say, look, the marijuana issue and the gun issue, same issue. Same, same issue. It issue is. To both crowds, same issue. The gay issue and the gun issue, same issue. Same it's issue. It's live and let live. Live your life however you want. You don't have to like how somebody lives their life. You can try to talk them out of it. You can try to persuade them. You can say, look, I want nothing to do with you if you live your life like that. But if you want to be what I would go so far as to say a good American, you want to, because a good American, if we stand for anything, we stand for freedom. And so if we stand for freedom and you want to be a good American, you got to step back and you got to be what I like to say, a big boy and girl of the freedom movement and respect the rights of other people to do things that you don't do. Things you don't like, things you think are unhealthy, unwarranted, immoral, but peaceful. If you can, if you can take that position, then you're not just sort of a gun guy or a gun gal. You're a freedom person, which necessarily you know, includes lots of other issues underneath that the, you're taking a big position for freedom and there's no way you can get to peace 
without freedom. So if you don't agree with what I've just said on freedom, stop talking about peace, stop talking about freedom. All you want to do is impose your particular opinions about the world on other people. And you are the problem. If that's your position, you are the problem. Look in the mirror and step back and say, you know what, I'm going to be mature about this. I respect the rights of other people to live and let live, especially in ways that I don't agree with. That's where we need to stand up. The gun guys who love guns, who are for gun rights, just like the marijuana guys who are standing up for the marijuana rights, or the gay guys standing up for the gay rights, I don't, that doesn't impress me. The, the person who doesn't like guns, who says, I don't like guns, but I respect the rights of peaceful, competent, responsible people to have guns, I like that. Or yes. the person I don't smoke weed. I hate weed. I don't like it. I wish nobody smoked it, but I respect the rights of people who are competent adults to smoke weed if they want. Or the guy who's straight, like me, who says, I like women. But you know what? For other guys who like other guys, I don't get it, but that's their business. And they have every right to do that. And I'm the first one to stand up and fight for their rights to do things that I don't even agree with. Until we can close ranks on this, we're never mm -hmm. going to get to a free society or a free world. Amen. Mark, so the, well the problem with this is if, you know, if everybody does like you say, you're not going to have a job, <laughs> but you can come work for us, okay, at the gun shop, okay? Well, first off, there are many days, I wish I was working for you guys at the gun shop instead of practicing <laughs> law, I can say that. But look, I'm not a utopian, right? We need to align the rules correctly. Our laws are not aligned correctly right now. And that's really what we're fighting for. Let's align the laws correctly. But we know because we're not utopians, there's always gonna be bad guys who break the rules. No matter how many times we say the rule is, don't put your hands on other people's toys, some people are still gonna do it. And when they get accused of it, that's when they're entitled to a full and fair due process laden hearing. That's what freedom is about, right? And if it turns out they did violate the rule, what we call the live in, let live rule or the live and let live principle. If you violate that rule, well, sorry, uh, we have all kinds of things we can do to you. Fines, jails, prison, community service. There needs to be a sanction. But if you don't violate the rule, you should be left alone. I think, I think this is, this is an easy enough argument that and there's enough reasonable people. The reasonable people of the world need to stand up. Whether you're for guns or against guns is not the question. It's whether you're for freedom or not is the question. We need to close ranks with our fellow brothers and sisters who are pushing other related freedom issues and close ranks on the big, more important, the live and let live issues that really we need to get to as human beings because the world is getting more dangerous, right? There's so many things that smaller numbers of people can do to create havoc and harm around the world. We're in a hurry to convince people of a very simple idea. This live and let live, 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 and let live idea is gonna be successful and it's gonna, uh, I'm very optimistic, it's gonna sort of take over the world because it's the right thing to do. And we need to start talking about, it's why I'm writing a book it's going to be out next year. It's called Live and Let Live, The Road to Peace, Prosperity, and Happiness. And I'm going to lay it all out in that book. And it's why we're pushing this Live and Let Live movement. we got lots of people around the world from different countries, different cultures, different languages who are on board with this. And the reasonable people of the world need to stand up. We need to start saying, look, enough of this craziness. We need to, if we want peace, we got to start talking about it and start working towards it. And it's the bigger issues of peace and freedom, not the smaller issues, right? Like guns or weed or immigration or whatever. We can figure out all this stuff. Do what you want. Don't break the live and let live rule. And if you don't do that, you're left alone. You know, Mark, the, the problem with that, you know, so many people, I love the live, let live. But there's so many people that want to control us. They want to have associations. They want to find ways to control us. But if we did live by a live and let live law, there'd be no racism. Well, I think, I, I don't want to be, I mean, I, I would love to get to a world where there is no racism. And I think we will get there because humans are evolving and there are more and more smarter <clears throat> people who re recognize that this is like the dumbest thing ever, that you would be 
negative towards another person because of the color of their skin or where they were born or what language they speak or what foods they eat or what songs they sing. How ridiculous is this? But it's not necessary that we get to a world like that. I would go so far as to say, even if people want to be peaceful racists, you can harbor racist opinions. You have a right to be a peaceful jerk if you want, as long as you don't violate the rule. I can live with that, and let's avoid their businesses, and let's avoid doing, having, being friends with them. I'd like to know who these people are, and you guys can keep your own little ridiculous views to yourself, but you don't get to violate the rule, right? I don't want to tell people what to think. I don't want to say you can't think this way about certain races, even though I think it's completely ridiculous, as do all reasonable people. All reasonable people are not racist, right? Because this is a stupid position. But you have a right to be unreasonable so long as you're peaceful. I, I mean, that's the position I take on it. I, I don't want to be too ambitious. I would love to get to a world where we all have discarded all of these crazy views and we can just you know, love each other as human beings and be happy that we're on the planet and we're conscious together and let's enjoy the fact that we're alive together. Let's let's enjoy each other's different traditions and food mm. and songs and let's travel. That's what we should be working for. And I know that I'm going to do that while I'm here on the planet. I invite you guys to join me. That's awesome. awesome. So um, speaking of people that have tried to overstep their boundaries, right? Overstep where, where they should be uh, allowed by law or just decency. Um, so much has happened through this COVID thing. We have all, all manner of city managers and mayors and governors completely trampling uh, the rights of their, their citizens. And something happened here in Arizona recently that you were involved with, that involved with the positive outcome of related to COVID. Uh, something about a restaurant, I will let you take it from here. Yeah, the uh, Euro Pizza uh, Cafe up in Fountain Hills, this was during the period of time where restaurants could serve food to go, but you couldn't have people sit in the restaurant. And uh, Marita, my client, who's the owner of uh, the Euro Pizza Cafe in Fountain Hills, and by the way, if you haven't tried their pizza, it's really good. Uh, it was one of my favorite things about representing her. We got free pizza. And so, uh, it was really great. So um, anyways, she was doing everything she could to comply with these rules. And, you know, these edicts were coming down from the governor so quickly. And one of the reasons that we don't like the idea, and the, and the founders of our country didn't like the idea of having uh, power concentrated in sort of one person. This is why they did the separation of powers, right? One group makes the laws, one group enforces the laws, and one group interprets the laws. But when you've got the governor doing both things, in the case of an emergency, which is what you had here, or at least a declared emergency, where the governor is both making the law and enforcing the law, there's a lot of problems that come with this, and one of them are sort of vagueness. What does it mean? So the question here is, what happened is people would pick up their food, and then because Marita's restaurant is on the edge of a park, they would sit down on the you know, adjoining benches or seats. Some of them would even turn over her chairs and sit at tables. Well, wouldn't you know, uh, when the sheriff comes by and they say, hey, look, you've got people eating. She'd be like, look, I'm making pizza. I'm, I'm busy. I don't have time to sort of shoo people away. You, it's your job. You shoo them away. Whether this was Marita's responsibility or not, certainly very unclear. But before you get convicted of a crime, the law needs to be clear. This is what we call part of due process. And so she got cited with failing to shoot people away. The way I like to say it is uh, for not agreeing to be deputized as a law enforcement officer to go out and say, hey, the law says you can't sit here or you can't sit there. She didn't do that. So they cited her. And uh, the Goldwater Institute got the case. And because uh, Goldwater, an organization that I love over there, they do fantastic work. They don't do much criminal. Uh, so they called us because we're very friendly with the Goldwater Institute and said, hey, will you take this case pro bono? And we said, sure. Sometimes we take them, as we like to say at our firm, just for the freedom of the thing. And we did this one. And so uh, we, we took a look at the a statutes very carefully and it looked to us that there's a very strong argument that these pronouncements from the governors uh, they don't apply at least the ones in Arizona doesn't apply to a private business a private business can sort of opt out and say 
sorry, uh, we don't want to be involved. Now, if you pause on this and think about it for a moment, to me, this kind of makes sense, right? I mean, if, if what we want to do is let the property owner decide under what circumstances somebody can come to the property, just like we were talking about with guns, right? And people are upset about this too. They write me and say, Mark, this business is saying you can't come in unless you wear a mask. And this violates my right to this, that, and the next thing. I say, sorry, the property owner gets to decide under what circumstances you can enter the business, whether you like it or not. I hate wearing masks. And if I have a choice, I won't go to a business that says I got to wear a mask because I prefer not to. But if I do go and they have a rule that says wear a mask, I absolutely am going to comply with that because I don't want to be a trespasser. And I want to understand the rights of, of other uh, property owners to make those decisions. So if you think about the governor should make the rules over government property, right? Maybe courts and uh, city hall and things of that nature, maybe even public streets or whatever. And private business owners should make the rules at the private businesses. If this was what was intended, well, then that's what they said. And that was our argument. So we filed a motion to dismiss the case, citing that statute and saying, look, uh, the governor's order doesn't apply to a private business. She can do whatever she wants. And then um, the, the state did something tricky. Instead of litigating that issue, because I think they knew where it may have gone and what precedent it may have set for our state, instead, they politely dismissed the case. Mm -hmm. Sidestepped it. Ooh, we just will decide to not decide. Which, which they do a lot, right? Because they don't want what they perceive to be a bad law. In fact, I don't know if, how closely you guys follow this stuff, maybe very closely, but we almost had a really very interesting gun rights case expanding the Heller decision coming out of New York City uh, because they had a rule in New York City saying, hey, you can't take your gun out of your house. And Heller says you have a right to have it in your house. And this thing was going to the United States Supreme Court. They had accepted the case. And uh, with the two new justices on the Supreme Court, things were looking good for an expansion of Heller. And again, what I'm in favor of, reasonable, competent, responsible gun owners having guns that don't cause, cause substantial risks to other people, they should be left alone, right? So, so New York's law, of course, was far too overly broad and said, uh, you can't have a gun outside. And they knew they were going to lose this case. So what did they do? they decided to change the law in New York City so the case wouldn't be heard. So they made the issue moot, which caused the Supreme Court to then look at it and say, look, some of the justices said, we should still decide because it's an important issue. Others, including Roberts, uh, said, nope, we're gonna not decide the issue, so they passed. So the reason New York did that was to avoid getting the ruling at the United States Supreme Court. But look, this can't be held off forever. We're gonna get a ruling, I believe, extending Heller, maybe even out of Hawaii. There's a case at the Ninth Circuit right now that's sitting there for what we call an en banc review, which means the entire panel of judges at the Ninth Circuit are gonna look at it. And uh, this case is destined to go to the US Supreme Court, and I think we're gonna get a good ruling on it. Maybe this year, maybe next year, we'll see, probably next year. But anyways, this happens all the time. And it's what happened in our case with Marita at the Euro Pizza Cafe. So we didn't get to get that issue resolved. I think it would have been nice to have a ruling from our court that said everything the governor's doing, it doesn't apply to private businesses. So maybe people who are not freaked out about COVID uh, can start going back to gyms and things like that. And you know, taking a step back from this for a moment, the big problem, in my opinion, we have here is we don't know what the facts are. If, if you watch CNN or you watch MSNBC, you know, you believe life, life on earth is about to end because of COVID. If you watch Fox News, you might think it's a hoax or think it's all over or, you know, you have a completely different view of the situation. So look, I could imagine circumstances where a pandemic comes and it's very deadly and very communicable and we need to take some action uh, to, to, you know, preserve life and things need to be done quickly. I see that situation. Whether this is that situation is still a, a matter of debate, right? Because it depends on who you ask. And so I can tell you just what I like to look at. I like to look at what they call all-cause mortality, which is how many dead bodies do we have from all causes compared to last year at this time? And from what I can tell, it's really not that much different. The number of people, raw numbers of people who are dead in the United States 
isn't that much different from every other year. So if that's true, and of course I, I could be corrected and maybe I will be, and I would certainly stand corrected because the facts are more important to me than making a particular case. But if the facts are that not that many more people are dead, then maybe we're not looking at this tremendous huge problem that maybe we've been sold a, a bit of a bill of goods here. So I think what we need to do as a civilized people is let's really recommit to facts. We need to know what the facts are because if we're fighting about the facts, we can never get past that. And so it's very disappointing that our press now has become so polarized. It seems like everybody's got a partisan position and unless you're studying this stuff full time, it's very difficult to get your brain around exactly what is actually happening in the world until we can get that done. And that's not gonna get done until we demand till reasonable people of the world stand up and say, you know what, forget the partisan stuff for a moment. Let's first get the facts and then let's deal with those facts in a way that's a rational way to deal with things where we're trying to get to a live and let live rule, right? Because uh, look, if you don't think live and let live is a good way uh, to, to organize how we should interact on the planet, I'm happy to have that discussion with you. But I think live and let live makes a lot of sense, no matter what your position is, no matter how you want to live, just don't bother anybody, don't initiate force, fraud, or coercion. If we could coalesce around that, then we don't have to be afraid of the facts, right? Let's get the facts and let's all work to how we can best implement this live and let live thing. We got to get there. That's why, that's why I've been talking about it on every show I've been on, every podcast, every newscast, everything I'm writing, I'm talking about as much as possible about live and let live because this is the big issue we need to solve. Absolutely. Um, have you been following at all what's been going on here in Arizona with Mountainside Fitness? It's very much in line with what you were describing uh, with the governor overstepping what is uh, he is allowed to do, Governor Doug Ducey is allowed to do in a private business like Mountainside Fitness. And they've you know, not just Mountainside Fitness, but all fitness centers have been shut down. But the owner, Tom Hatton of Mountainside Fitness, has, has been really holding his ground and trying to, to um, you know, push back. Do you, have you well, been following any of that? Well, uh, I know Tom. I've known Tom for many, many years, probably close to 20 years. I was one of the members of his first clubs over in Ahwatukee. And so and I am still a member of Mountainside to this day. And I am frustrated that I can't go back to the gym to do the one thing we need to do, which is improve our overall health so we can improve our immune system, so we can get rid of what might be the number one risk factor for COVID, which is obesity. And so Thank we've you. Got, we've got to get out there and exercise and eat better. And I wish our health, uh, our leaders in our community were getting out there and saying what they need to say, which is we're way too fat and we're way too unhealthy and we need to eat better. And this is our best defense, not just against COVID, but also the number one killer, which is heart disease mm -hmm. and also cancer and diabetes. If we ate better and we exercised and maybe we even meditated a little bit and we started worrying about our mental health and those kinds of things and we became better rounded human beings, this is our best defense after against all these things. I wish our leaders were big enough to say this, but in any event, yeah, I'm frustrated. I sort of wish and I was hoping Tom was going to contact me on this because I think exactly the same argument that we brought in Marita's case on behalf of Euro Pizza could have been brought on behalf of Mountainside Fitness. I don't know if they made that argument, but from what little bits I've seen of the case, I don't think that argument was brought. I think they brought a different argument, which is at the moment a loser because of a case out of Massachusetts where I'm from. Uh, but before I was born in 1905, we have this Jacobson case. And uh, in Jacobson, they were dealing with another pandemic and they took up the issue, the they being the United States Supreme Court, took up the issue of forced vaccinations and they allowed it. And this scares me a little bit too, but what they basically said in that case is, look, in an emergency, we defer to the governor quite a bit on these things. And so that case, has been cited repeatedly throughout our country. And so if you sort of bring this argument that the governor is sort of overstepping their bounds, courts are generally deferring because of the Jacobson case. You've got to bring a different argument, which is maybe the governor doesn't either A, have the authority in the first place to do this, or B, his authority doesn't extend to a private business. So, you know, we keep hoping that we're on the cusp of reopening again, 
And so I don't know how much time that this is still going to be a problem. I'm hoping, hoping the gyms will be opened up again soon. And I really feel for Tom and everybody else who's worked very hard, you know, for many, many years, or in the case of Tom Hatton, decades to build a good, successful business that employs people, helps people. A good business is a win-win, right? That's, that's why we're capitalists, right? Because a good trade is something we want to have more of. And it's okay to make money if what you're doing is making money by satisfying your customers because you're providing an excellent good or service at a good price. We want more of that, right? So it's unfortunate that people like Tom are having, you know, in some cases losing their entire businesses over this because it seems the people who are running things are focusing like a laser just on coronavirus and not paying any attention to all of the other things that are going on as a result of, you know, locking people down, you know, the depression and the drug mm -hmm. use, and the domestic violence and, and the weight gain and all of these other problems and socialization issues with kids not going back to school. And we're opening this sort of Pandora's box of tremendous other problems because the only thing that matters is the number of cases, right? The number of cases, even though the vast majority of those people didn't even know they had a case or that they were a case. Or some of these people maybe counted twice because every time you get a, a test and you're positive and you, know, you might wanna check again, am I still positive or can I go back to work? Well, now you're another case. We need to stop focusing on cases and start focusing on you know, the real causes of these and what's actually causing the problem. I've seen these comparisons to, to influenza and influenza is a big problem. And so we need to learn from this, right? We need to learn from this because this isn't gonna be the last pandemic. We need to learn for how we can better um, deal with these situations and not shut down the world's economy, creating incredible amounts of debt that's gonna saddle and burden the next generation. It's almost like we don't care. We're up to 26 trillion already. When I ran for the United States Senate against Jeff Flake and uh, Carmona, I remember talking about that the total debt was at like 19 trillion. Here we are at 26 trillion. So. It's like nobody's even talking about cutting spending anymore. This is not even part of the discussion. They're talking about giving more things for free. So we've got our work cut out for us, but uh, the good news is we're on the right side of the argument. We've got endless examples on our side. And our position, I think, just makes more sense. Mm -hmm. Well, Absolutely. Marcus, some other, some other real good news is that from the coronavirus mm -hmm. is that there's about 2.5 million brand new gun owners in the United States. And a lot of those are people that may have one time wanted restrictions on firearms. And so what do you have to say to all these new uh, gun owners? Well, the first thing I would have to say to a gun owner is I, I'm not necessarily happy about a new gun owner unless that person is a committed to being a responsible gun owner. Because we don't just want more gun owners. We want responsible gun owners. It's a different situation. This is somebody who understands uh, how to use the thing. They know which end the round comes out, what a safety is, how not to point at something that you don't plan to destroy and keep your finger off the trigger unless you're ready to discharge around all of the important things. And then also that they have knowledge in their head that like we don't threaten deadly physical force in response to property or, or words alone or things like that. Be an educated, responsible gun owner. If you're in that category, I'm happy. And so if you're especially, I'm especially happy if you're in that category and you previously were in the category of, well, I just want to call the police. I shouldn't have a right to defend myself. I want to take everybody's right to defend themselves. That's all fun and games until there's a riot outside your door and the cops aren't coming and there's fires everywhere and people are yelling and screaming for any particular political position and they don't really care who they're inflicting violence against. And to be fair, I am not saying this is everybody who is currently protesting. The ones right. people are protesting, fine. Feel a, peacefully protest anything you like. I'm only talking about the people who are engaged in violent acts. And there are a substantial number of those, right? Yes. So if you're somebody who now sees that you might want the right to protect yourself with a firearm if you're responsible and you now see the error of your way in saying that I'm going to impose my view that other people, even responsible ones, shouldn't have a right to defend themselves. Hallelujah for that, right? I am really thrilled 
that they have now, it's too bad it took this for them to see the light. But if you're a responsible, competent uh, adult who's a gun owner, more, in fact, I feel safer knowing that there are more responsible gun owners on my street than not. And we all should, right? Right. And well, AZ Firearms, you know, we've sold a lot of guns to new gun owners and our, all of our staff are committed to the teaching and helping people make the right decisions on the firearm they buy and what to do after they buy a firearm. And I'm happy to say that I would, the majority, I mean, a large majority of the people were interested in now what do I do that I own a firearm. Training. And our classes, we, we have classes, they've been, uh, attendance has been growing ever since then. So I am, I am optimistic. I think that people are going to, to uh, take the time to learn. Well, you know, well, a couple of points on that, on that issue right there. Number one, uh, I wrote an article that you guys, uh, hopefully you have up there, the five things every responsible gun owner ought to know. Uh, this was sort of from my 25 years at the crossroads of the West Gun Show, uh, answering questions and giving seminars. These are the things that if, I, if you said to me, Mark, what are the five most important things that you need to know to be a responsible gun owner? That's why I put this pamphlet together. And if you read that pamphlet and you really think about it and internalize it, that will get you on the right track to being a responsible gun owner. And then the second thing I want to tell you is we've kicked off this new program called the Attorneys on Retainer Program. And especially if you're a gun owner in the state of Arizona, we've got this self-protection plan for 25 bucks a month. If you pay us in advance $25 a month, you can be a member, which actually means you're a client of our firm. And then if you get charged with any of the listed gun crimes in there as a result of a gun or a knife, and you claim, hey, I acted in self-defense, and I'm talking about things like murder, manslaughter, aggravated assault, negligent discharge, which, by the way, is, in my opinion, how the responsible good guys get in trouble with a gun when they have an accidental discharge or a disorderly conduct. Your legal fees are entirely taken care of. We will represent you from beginning through trial. You won't owe us a dime for legal fees. And so I know a lot of gun owners worry about, hey, what if I get charged and I don't have enough money to afford a competent pro-gun lawyer to really knows criminal defense to defend me? This is a growing problem. As we've become more and more popular and the demand for our services has gone up and up and up, so has my hourly rate. And so I wanted to come up with a program that people couldn't say to me anymore, oh, Mark, I'd love to have you as my lawyer, but I just can't afford to have you. If you can afford $25 a month, you can afford to have my team on your side if you ever get charged with one of these crimes. And so uh, I would encourage gun owners uh, to go to our website, which is attorneysforfreedom.com. Click on top. It says the Attorneys on Retainer Program. It'll tell them all about it. I think it's a win-win. Uh, for everybody, in, in, uh, which is what I wanted to come up with. It's one of the ways I live my life. I love win-win. I think that's awesome. And, you know, we, we hear that phrase used in a lot of different ways. Well, I can't afford. Well, if you are charged with something, especially, you know, firearms related, you can't afford not to have skilled uh, help on your side. So I can tell you, it changed your mind a lot. When you're charged with a mandatory prison offense and your freedom is on the line, you'll find out very quickly, freedom is more important than money. There's several things more important than money. Freedom is definitely one of them. And it does, it breaks my heart. When somebody comes in, they got a good case and they really want us and we want to take the case and they just, they have no money to afford us. And so uh, that was one of the reasons I came up with this program. I, I really think 25 bucks a month isn't too much to ask. And hopefully you won't get in trouble. We do other things for our members. We, we answer their questions. They get free strategy sessions. We do everything we can so they never will need us. That's the plan. And in fact, I will tell you guys, I'd love to come up there and talk to some of your groups and give them a, a speech about my five things and how they can avoid getting into trouble. And uh, maybe we'd even work with you guys. I'd, I'd be honored to work with you guys on our Attorneys on Retainer program. And let's get the word out about uh, responsible gun ownership and you know, how you can have us kind of in your back pocket if you ever, and hopefully you won't, but if you yes. ever do, you're covered through trial. I love it. So Mark, what could, it, what could it cost for an accidental discharge 
of a firearm? It could cost anywhere from what to what? Well, people, first off, people don't understand this. What they think is, oops, it was just an accident. Nobody got hurt. I shot around into the wall of my own place. What's the problem? What they don't understand is that particular accidental discharge. It's totally an accident. Everybody agrees it's an accident. That is not only a felony offense, but it's a mandatory prison felony offense. Even if you have no priors, people just blows their mind. I, it blows my mind too. I think it's too harsh, but that's the law in Arizona. So when you're looking at a mandatory prison offense, if you're talking about sort of a flat fee, you're probably looking at the absolute low end, 20, 25,000 bucks on a case like that, up to somewhere 40 or 50. And then if you go to trial, it can even be much more expensive than that. So first of all, the best thing to do is avoid that by not having an accidental discharge, right? right. When, you, when you're holding your firearm, you need to not be thinking about anything else. Your brain needs to not be on what's for dinner or what am I doing this weekend or what's going on at work. When you take out that firearm, you need to put your brain on that firearm. And first thing it needs to be, is there a round in the chamber? My finger's not going on that trigger. I'm going to make it safe. I'm going to absolutely make sure there's not a round in the chamber if I'm going to clean it or something. And I'm not pointing it at anybody because no matter what, I'm going to assume that that gun is always loaded. There are a lot of sad cases out there where people assume the gun is unloaded and they're goofing off and you know what happens. I've had several of those cases and they're heartbreaking because you know people get charged with manslaughters and these are good mm. people who just made a horrible bad judgment and we can avoid this stuff with more training more responsible training so we need to focus not just on more gun owners but on more responsible competent gun owners people who are going to make the gun community look better not worse right Oh, I couldn't have said that better myself. Um, so when you're talking about this or attorneys on retainer, the $25 a month, uh, is this for people that only live in Arizona or is this something that people all over the nation listening can take advantage of? Well, there's different programs. So if you live in any of 33 states plus uh, Washington, D.C., so 34 different places around the country, you can sign up for our standard option, which basically means it's 25 bucks a month. And what it does is it reduces our hourly rate from my regular 160, uh, 650 an hour down to 175 an hour. So you can always get a lawyer in your state. We either will give you a local lawyer from our network at 175, or you can have us do the case. There's a rule called Pro Hoc Vice that allows us to go to another state for one case. We can get admitted your case. We can come and do your case for 175 an hour. It also gives you a reduction on contingency fee cases. Some people who know us know that we do civil rights cases, right? When the police, when bad cops do bad things. And again, I am neither a pro cop nor my anti cop. I'm very, very pro good cop and very, very anti bad cop. We need to not generalize. That's another big problem we have in today's world. For so if sure. it's a contingency case like that, or a personal injury case, a wrongful death, or something along those lines, you get a reduced contingency, 25%. That's for people who are in the 33 plus Washington, D.C. If you also live in Arizona or Hawaii, you can sign up for the self-protection program, which is the one I just described for gun owners, or you can get both, what we call the bundle, and instead of paying 25 and 25, you can pay a total of 40 a month, and you can get both programs. We intend eventually to expand the self-protection program to all 50 states, but we're not quite there yet. Because as you can imagine, there's a myriad of administrative craziness dealing with each state bars, different rules and this and that. So we've worked through and we've got at least 33 different states where we can operate in. And it's important to know, to tell you that even if you're in one of those states, if you travel to another state that's not on the list, we can help you there still with the same pro hoc vice. It's just that you can't sign up if you're in one of the prohibited states. Very good information. And uh, you mentioned Hawaii because you have an office there as well as Arizona because you're playing the game right. <laughs> well, you know, we uh, I, I believe that you begin with the end in mind. You figure out what you want to do in life and then you make that happen. You make a, a plan and then you engage. And uh, my wife and I, we just love Hawaii for all the obvious reasons. Everybody who's been there knows 
If you've never been to Hawaii, you should definitely put it on your bucket list. That's but amazing. in addition to that, Hawaii has the dubious distinction of one of the least free states in the nation. Cato mm -hmm. ranks them as 49th free estate. Huge embarrassment, right? This is a state that is the Aloha state, uh, which is a wonderful statement. If you know what it means, I believe it means exactly the same as live and let live. But the Aloha state is completely adrift in high taxes and lots of regulation and corruption and all kinds of other problems. So I'm intending to kick off the Live and Let Live movement right there in Hawaii. And I'm gonna use Hawaii as my experiment. I'm gonna do my best to turn Hawaii from the 49th free estate to hopefully the most free state. Then I'm gonna use that blueprint and start expanding it to the rest of the United States and the rest of the world. I think if we can turn Hawaii from an unfree state to a very free state, we've got a, we've got a good plan and we're doing something right. So. I want to uh, basically use Hawaii as my experiment to kick it off. In fact, if you see, uh, if you go to our, and I, I hesitate to even send you there because we're, we're creating a new uh, excellent professional website. It's not ready yet. So we have sort of a janky website up at liveandletlive.org. But if you see our new logo, it involves the Hawaiian shaka. And so uh, this symbol right here is a very popular symbol in Hawaii. And uh, we're using it for the Live and Let Live movement because we think that's exactly what it communicates. It gets you on the road to peace and love and uh, brotherly and sisterly love and where we really need to get to. Enough of this craziness, enough of this fighting about irrelevant differences that just don't matter. We need to spend more time uh, working towards peace and being happy that we're all on the planet together and treating people uh, like we should be treating people the way we want to be treated. The golden rule is another way to say live and let live, in my opinion. We, reasonable people know the right way to treat other people. We need to stand up and start talking about it and not making it so crazy complex. It's, look, it's, it's keep your hands to yourself and don't touch other people's toys unless you have their permission. If we really believed that, we could solve 90% of our problems just from following that rule. I am so in. I am 100% in uh, to help in any way I can with that goal because I'm, uh, we're grandparents, so we're we're back to the the youngster stage in our world. You know, we have a, a what 12 month old, 14 month old, and we have a, a six year old, and so we are uh, relearning how to interact with all of that again. And and really, that is where it starts. And so if we can take all those principles, you know, those kind of coffee table principles, right? Dinner table sense. principles. Yeah, they make sense. They do. Uh, so yeah, as this journey unfolds, you have got to keep us regularly updated here, please, on Gun Freedom Radio. Uh, and we will help get that word out and get people's minds and hearts realigned with, oh yeah, uh, just because I think it doesn't mean that I have to make everybody else think it too. It's all about winning hearts and minds. We don't need to get everybody. We just need more than we have right now, right? And I think there's enough reasonable, that's my premise. There are enough reasonable people in the world without having to get to the minutia of how we choose to live. Forget about that for a moment. There's enough reasonable people who can coalesce around the idea of live and let live, that if we structure our, our laws to be in, in accordance with the live and let live principle, and we put everything else in the moral world, right? Where we can have fun discussions about how you should live and what you should ingest and all these other things. Fair enough, let's, let's put that to the moral world and let's leave the legal world with live and let live. I think we do a lot better in a lot of other areas. We can start solving some problems for a change. So true. All right, Mark, we're gonna let you go. I know you're a busy guy. I see your phone probably going off right now as we speak. Uh, lots of people need your help. So thank you so much, Mark J. Victor of Attorneys for Freedom. Thanks, Mark. Thanks bye -bye. for having me, guys. It's been a real honor to be on your show. Awesome. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye bye -bye now. Bye. And that has me fired up. Oh, he, every time every I am time fired talks, up. <laughs> I learn something every time he talks. Yes. Could you imagine if we could just teach people to keep their hands to themselves? How simple is How's that? that song go? Keep your hands I don't know how it goes. Is there a song about that? Yeah. We'll have to find it. Um, amazing. I mean, something that 
basic, taking us back to our childhood, taking us back to, you know, um, just basics can revolutionize the nonsense, revolutionize the way that we speak to each other and interact with each other. And can you imagine the energy that would not be sucked up in fighting these stupid arguments that keep cropping up to keep us divided, what could we possibly do if we had all that energy freed up so that we can really make the world better and better and better all the time instead of, you know, mouthing it, you know? I can't hear you right now. Why? Because I'm thinking about there was a certain politician that couldn't keep his hands to himself. And I just, I can't get that out of my mind. I'm not going to say who it is that's running. But, uh, you know, that likes to smell people's hair. That one. So weird. So weird. Keep your hands to yourself, politicians. Your nose and your sniffing of hair. So weird. All right. We got to get out of here. Cake pop. Pop, uh, Corn pop. Yeah. Don't ever mess with corn pop, man. (laughs) I remember corn pop. He used to come around me and say, hey, what kind of shampoo you got in your head? I say, hey, corn pop, don't be messing with me. Because uh, I'm not using any shampoo. I, I think you're confusing stories. But anyway, um, thank you to our amazing listeners. We value you so much. I hope yes. that you are Keep as, your hands to yourself. I hope that you keep your hands to yourself. Imagine and, that. Your neighborhood, everything. Don't worry about what the guy next door is doing. Don't worry about what the guy at your work is doing. As long as it doesn't affect you, leave it alone. Yeah. What a keep your hands to yourself. I love it. And that you're energized to try to, you know, bring that conversation into your own household and your own sphere of influence and follow the work that our awesome guest, Mark J. Victor is doing with the um, live and let live movement. Uh, That I think could be really, really huge. And the fact that he's starting it in Hawaii, maybe we can just all have a big convention. Right? I'm ready to go. Not not because it's Hawaii. I offered, I I offered not, to be his janitor already. I know, for real. Um, but I, I think we can really, really move the ball forward for our next generation and give them a, a better advantage about how they can keep their creative, mental, hands, and spiritual energies moving forward with productive things instead of trying to police their neighbor and putting their hands all over their why do we want to, why do we do that as a society anyway why do we why do we get our hands on other people's business selfishness is that what it is from selfishness because if i think it that it's the only way to think about things that's that seems to be and i mean beto o'rourke was on the presidential debate stage and what did he say hell yes i'm going to reach into your home and i'm going to remove something that you own happens to be a gun. I happen to don't like it. And so I'm going to do that. And people in the audience applauded that. Think about that. Keep your hands to yourself. We got to get out of here. All right. While you're keeping your hands to yourself, pray for our nation. Please pray for our representatives. Even the ones that uh, uh, don't keep their hands to themselves. Yeah. Because we could pray that maybe they will do that. Right? Okay. Even the ones you don't like, especially the ones you don't like. Have a great week. Be good to each other. And God bless. Bye-bye.